It takes more than understanding the Soft Skills Engineering Patreon pricing system to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 352. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers who took the time, who really invested the time and resources to understand our Patreon pricing system. There are only three prices, which is according to all SaaS pricing pages, the right number of prices. Isn't it three plus call us? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do need... Oh, wait. Oh, there's five levels. They just show us... Okay. They just show three by default. I haven't looked at this page in like three years. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't remember these anymore either. The pricing levels have inside jokes embedded in them that only the truest of true listeners will get because... They are old, deep cut inside jokes. We need new inside jokes. I don't know. How will we have like a purity test if we don't have really old <laughs> jokes that require tons of listening? We need the gate to be open for new people. We need them to be on the inside. Oh, too. right. I thought gates were meant to be to keep people out, but whatever. We can, we can also <laughs> open them, I guess. They're meant to trap us in together. Right. <laughs> That's what gatekeeping That's means. Right. Gatekeeping means keep us keep together. From, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all this time i had a, the wrong idea about what gatekeeping is <laughs> i've been accusing people of so much bad behavior they were just being really kind and inclusive yeah to a fault or you were getting really offended when someone said you were gatekeeping when it was really a yeah they were really <laughs> it's like you're really holding us together you're gatekeeping so well what yeah <laughs> shall i speaking of patreon shall i thank our patrons hit it thank you too Systematic Guy, Anthony Ongaro, Kyle Boss, Connie Lee, Santa Hopar, Noah Frazier Logue, Kenzie Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Shardo, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Ganandan Hooten, Ohio, Patreon.com.au, We're Hiring, Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Oladapo Fadye, Will Angel Pronounced Like That Town in Ohio slash Scotland with an unpronounceable name, Erga, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Bartek Tatkowski, Cody Sale, Nick Cantar, and Phil John Basile. Thank you. Thank you for those who have made it through the oft-inscrutable Patreon yes. pricing tiers <laughs> for supporting the show, for helping us pay for the costs that go into us into this and days-long spa trips to make up for <laughs> just the exhaustive stress that we incur. Every time Jameson spends half an hour talking to me, he has to go to hours and hours of recovery therapy. <laughs> Yeah. No, thank you. It it's uh it really does help keep the show. It really does. Expenses and you pay them. I mean, I know I'm not going to pay them. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Shall we read our first soft? Have I gotten sassier in the last year or two? I don't know. I feel like I have. Yeah. Probably a little bit. But that's okay. I like a I like a sassy Dave. (laughs) All right. Do you want to read our first question? Yes. This comes from an anonymous listener. My manager finally exploded. They screamed and insulted our whole team because one teammate had a four-day delay on a two-week task. Our manager, Theo, fake name, was recently promoted and now on top of managing our team of seven engineers, also manages two other engineers, sorry, two other managers with six engineers each. I have noticed that Theo is under a lot of stress, and as one of the two senior engineers on my team, I tried to support him with planning and organizing tasks organization tasks. Sadly, it has reached a point where if Theo doesn't calm down, the whole team might implode. Okay, so exploding manager, imploding team. Got it. All right. Mm. Last week, 
after one mid-level engineer in my team surfaced that the two-week project he was working on was going to be delayed by one week, Theo called the whole team up for an emergency meeting. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like where this is going. Theo screamed yeah. at us for 15 minutes and insulted us as a team at our work in general. The gist of it was that we are not real professionals if our estimates can't be trusted and that Theo has given us too much freedom. Theo said that if we keep on behaving like expletive children. <laughs> That's probably gosh darn children. Yes. <laughs> That's probably the expletive. <laughs> <laughs> then he will start to treat us as such and sit next to us while we do our homework. Oh, oh. After oh, that screaming gosh. monologue, Theo refused to hear any response and left the meeting. Chatting with my team members, no one felt very motivated by Theo's rant. Oh, that's surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to approach Theo with some constructive feedback, but I fear he might not be in a very stable state of mind. (laughs) Yeah. I've never had a boss treat me like this in my 12 years as a software engineer. What should I do? Is this HR worthy? Should I document it in some way? Is talking to my skip level an option? Thanks. Wow. This is this is a big one. I I have never seen behavior like this at work. I've been around especially when I worked at Omegaco, there was some there's some some grumpiness certainly that leaked out, but I've never seen anything like grabbing the whole team and screaming at them and insulting them and and they just got promoted like uh, theoretically they had been doing a good job in some way. Oh man. It's like wait a minute. A two-week software development task was late by four days. I'm like, have you ever seen a software development task be on time? <laughs> like, what? what is the context for this? I, not only that, I have a bunch of tasks that are like management tasks, and they're late all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, the stuff I'm doing is late that isn't like help this team deliver other stuff. Well, I, I know why your tasks are late, Jameson. Why? You, you have a significant lack of getting screamed at. Ah, I see, I see. You're deficient. You have a deficiency in getting screamed at, which has caused you to be late. It looks like Theo figured that out here. The secret (laughs) to productivity is scream at your team and call them children. (laughs) Sit next to us and while we do our homework. Like, that's not even possible. (laughs) I don't know. This, This seems pretty unhinged. It's not like your estimates will be good if Theo micromanages you. Did you get the sense this was an in-person screaming or a Zoom screaming? I don't know. I just, I don't know which would be worse. Yeah, me either. I mean, in person, you might be able to like band together and go kick Theo in the shins or something. (laughs) Snap him out of it. Everyone mob him. (laughs) Yeah. There are seven of us and one of him. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. I, I, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, this is this is just so this is a glimpse into the world that we ignore a lot of like yeah. uh what? Not everything not everyone has great intentions that they're trying their best to execute on well and like sometimes bad stuff happens. This is a bad thing. Suddenly I'm very I'm very happy with my current work employment situation. Yeah. Yeah, the most frustrated I've ever been at work was like someone uh, yeah, just so far away from this. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> so here, here's what i think i think you will probably anything you do about this has a high likelihood of you not working at this company anymore <laughs> really 
I think so. Are, are you saying that because any culture that would tolerate a Theo is not likely to respond well to feedback? And promote him. True. But also, yeah, like anything you do is going to have to be going to some person above or outside of your boss. Yeah. And that could possibly backfire or it could do nothing. And either like the, 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 the safe pathway through this feels small. Small to non-existent? Like <laughs> eye of needle small? I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Theo just got promoted. They have a bunch more responsibility and boy, are they screwing it up real bad. <laughs> like um, the mitigating factors are, are, I don't know, they're not that mitigating. And oh, what was my point? If you go to HR, HR will immediately dive into like protect, make sure we don't get sued mode. Yes, that is that is HR's objective. Protect the company. Don't Don't forget that. Yeah, so if you have like a lot of, that could go against you or for you or against your boss, right? If there's if there's like the whole team saying this happened and then then they might come down on your boss saying, oh, your boss is a risk to the company and they're doing this thing that might get them sued. But nev- they would never say that in a way that it becomes apparent to you, though, because yeah, that would be a risk to the fair. company. Yeah, but they also might they also might turn it into like a thing you need to do now. Like you need to here's how you need to change your behavior to deal with getting screamed at better. Make it your fault so that we don't get sued. Because Theo is in a management role and a senior management role, Theo will have all kinds of time to share Theo's side of this story. And the kind of person who would scream at people like this might not be the most, I don't know, forthright, totally transparent (laughs) storyteller when it comes to HR. Yeah, I don't don't see screaming being followed up by an honest yeah. <laughs> owning up to how bad their behavior let's, was. Let's have a retrospective HR. on my behavior. <laughs> yeah. I I would talk to my boss's boss 100% about it, but just knowing it might result in me getting like blacklisted or or otherwise tarnishing my own reputation such that I need to leave. Yeah, it also depends on, you know, maybe the person who promoted Theo, presumably Theo's boss, who you now need to talk to. Do they know that Theo is like this and behaves like this? And if they do and they promoted Theo anyway, then probably not going to be the best route to go talk to that person because you might just get screamed out of the room, you know? Yeah. Maybe they scream at Theo. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, they they, scream at you. maybe this is crap flowing downhill, you know? I wonder if there's a way to do an anonymous tip. I don't think that would do anything. I mean, honestly, I would, I would like, what would I do? I think... I would schedule a meeting with my boss's boss and tell them about this behavior and tell them, I think this is completely unacceptable and the whole team is is way less productive because of it and see if they do anything about it and plan my way out of this team at the very least because I would not want to be around Theo. I would not... Like, imagine if something actually stressful is happening. <laughs> Not that a task four days two late, two weeks long, now takes three weeks. But like, wait until there's a an outage or something. Deadline. Yeah, yeah. There's an outage, and they're screaming at you on the call, or there's like a a hard deadline that is going to be missed. And fix it faster. Restore the website faster. Yeah, you expletive children. 
Yeah. Would a children do kids this? Kids don't know how to restore websites. <laughs> yeah. Sudo. Yeah. <laughs> know anything about Do children know how Postgres. to use the sudo rm command? <laughs> because I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hold on. Maybe we should really explore this. Maybe you, the listener, should explore this problem space a little. Like, maybe deliver something even later. And then... Take like create a spreadsheet where you track mm-hmm. the level of intensity of Theo's reaction and the amount of delay on a deliverable and see if it's like linear, sublinear, superlinear, you know? I think that there's some science that needs to be done here. Yeah. A Theo study. Mm-hmm. Theo anthropology. <laughs> Let's just call it theology. W- would you would oh, you come uh, on? <laughs> I don't even get a Uh-oh. groan. Sorry. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, okay, I'm glad you called my attention back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where's the groan? <sighs> it's. It, I was not paying attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> now it's just pity. All right, we can forget. We can forget I said that. Chatting with team members, no one felt very motivated by Theo's rant. Weird. Would you, okay. That's weird. I, I have two questions for you. Would you try to get the team together to somehow present some kind of shared like concern or evidence or grievance to your boss's boss or would you just come at it as boy was i very concerned and here's the impact that i am seeing that's one question and then the next question is in my mind this is like a if this doesn't change quickly i'm i'm 100 gone mm-hmm. and probably others on the team are too yeah is that a how do you say that to your boss's boss in a way that gets the message across that does not give them an ultimatum because that's not a very helpful mindset to put them in. I mean, you could you can express... So I have found that when it comes to reporting bad behavior to management, understatement is king. If you come right out and blow up a story, exa- not even exaggerating, but just very passionately decrying bad behavior and then also asking for swift retribution, I think you'll find it puts management on into a defensive mode. Where they're like, well, it might not be that bad. You know, if you're like, this guy needs to be fired. They'd be like, well, yeah. maybe we could find a middle ground. You know, if in, what I found is that if you just bring facts as objective as you can be. And in your, like Jameson, what you're suggesting is trying to paint the picture of how, what the effect on the team is. And in this case, clearly stating what you know, which is our team productivity has gone down. Like we are now demotivated and we're going to deliver more slowly. You know, and that's just a fact. It's just a cold hard fact. It's probably true too. I mean, I think it's I think it would be true. Yeah. Let the management soak that up. You know, let Theo's boss soak that up. I feel like the corporate speak way to talk about the risk I feel like you could talk about retention risk too. Like yeah. I'm concerned it's a retention risk on the team because they're so people seem so upset by the way he he right. shouted at us or whatever. That's right. Just state what you think are the clear and likely outcomes of this behavior and let management take it on. Now, I, I don't know, man. I, I, would, I would be tempted, given how extreme this behavior is, I would be tempted to record it, you know, in such a way that anonymizes me and I would be tempted, I'd be tempted to do an anonymous tip because I just don't trust this organization that put this person in this situation to handle it well. And so if it were me, I'd probably want to give firsthand evidence of what I'm observing as recorded by let's say the voice memo recording device or voice recording app on your phone, but not video. Cause then they can tell where you were sitting in the room, you know? Yeah. And just pass it along. What right? if they can tell by the rustle of your pants? 
Only one oh, person on this team wears corduroy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... We talk about space law a lot, and the reason is because we like to think at a higher level of abstraction. And Earth laws are so complicated. They're different in many states and countries. So maybe it's illegal to do what you just said where you are. It might be. But maybe not. And you should check. It's legal in space. That much we know as <laughs> space lawyers. Yes. But sadly, you're not in space. Sadly. Make getting yelled at probably a little bit easier. Yeah, because no one can hear you in space. <laughs> in space no one can hear you call your team gosh dang children <laughs> all those gosh well, dang children i yeah i feel like i would be pissed off enough by this to go talk to my boss's boss about it and also skeptical enough that i would be assuming it's not going to work out by yeah. theo's behavior changing radically or Theo getting moved somewhere else. Yep, I agree. And my skepticism is strong enough that I would want to keep my name disconnected from this as much as possible while also trying to enact change on on Theo through Theo's boss. Yeah. Just makes me nervous. Would you talk to... I approach Theo. I fear he might not be in a very stable... Yeah, he isn't in a very stable state of mind. Sure. (laughs) Your fears are correct. (laughs) I mean, maybe if you know Theo really well and you feel like this is some kind of aberration but if they're yeah i don't know i wouldn't do it me neither theo has closed the door to feedback through his actions yeah yeah that's it's, a really good way it's to not your it. fault that theo closed the door but it's closed yeah feedback does require some trust mm-hmm. and there is none yep well have we answered the question i think so boy do i want to hear how this worked out will you please yeah Please go back to the ask a question form after you've had some time to take action on this and just let us know how it goes. I I want to write a book about your experience. I don't think I've ever screamed at anyone at work, but I feel like I would scream at a Theo type person. Oh, like would you really? Someone, would you actually do it? Would you fight know. fire I with fire? scream at someone. I, I'm thinking like, what if this happened on my team? I would be so mad at Theo if I were like, in the leadership around them. I would too. I, I mean, I would, at this point in my adult life, I've seen people scream at others a few times like this. And when it happens, I will not put up with it. I will sta- I would stand up and say, I'm leaving this meeting. And when you're ready to have a professional demeanor, I'm happy to come back and return to work. But we will not, we will not sit here and uh, listen to this. That's what I would personally do, I think. Sorry, let me rephrase. In my mind where I'm a courageous fully ethical <laughs> strong individual that's what i would do i've not had the opportunity yeah. to do so but i i feel like that's what i would want to do i just i don't have any patience for this work is already hard enough without people yelling at you yeah i guess i think i i don't think i would scream at them i don't think i think i misspoke there i think this this triggers the like mama bear yeah part of me where i'm like y- you are like hurting these people and yeah that, that is horrible i just as soon as you said i would scream at them i immediately had this image of like a very soft-spoken but strong jameson standing up to the bully and then afterwards excuse me yes and then afterwards jameson would be like did you see me scream at that guy (laughs) like well i saw you speak you know calmly at that guy (laughs) yeah something tells me that your screaming and theo's screaming are a little different no, you're the gosh dang child, Theo. <laughs> let's let's get out of here. Okay, next question. <laughs> yeah. Your turn. Shall I read it? Yeah, go for it. Yes. 
At the age of 36, I am having what feels like a midlife crisis. After grad school, I fell into a well-paying job at a giant Fortune 100 tech company, and I've been doing well here. I'm a senior engineer on my team, and I have consistently good performance reviews, but I have zero passion for this industry. I have never been that into computers, and I just don't care about making them run faster. My spouse and I have enough money saved that I could comfortably afford to not work for a year. I'd really love to take some time off, but I'm paranoid that I'll never be able to regain my earning power. I'm the primary wage earner in my family, and my spouse makes about a third of what I do. So if I never go back to work, it will be a severe lifestyle hit, like having to sell our house and stuff. What do you recommend? Possibly relevant context is that we had our first child just a few months ago, and so now I have much more angst about wasting hours on silly meetings when I could be with my daughter instead. Congratulations on the first child. Yeah. That's the best one. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm a non-first child. I'm allowed to. Are you? I thought you were just complimenting me. Yeah. Oh, our first child is a daughter and I tell her, and our only daughter, and I tell her she's my favorite daughter all the time. And my favorite first child. Oh, yep. That's heartwarming. I love it. She <sighs> rolls her eyes. I'm such a softy. I love <laughs> I love my kids. Uh yeah. As does our question asker. Yes. Which so, ends the dilemma. So they do. This I mean, I'm assuming you've maxed out the parental leave already. Yeah, and if you're if you're at a Fortune one hundred tech company, you probably had generous parental leave, is my guess. Yeah. That probably led you <laughs> led you to this very situation. Like, oh yeah. That was nice. <laughs> what if I just did more? Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't for sure do that. This is this is a tough one. I mean, this really is the essence of money versus happiness where they really are in direct opposition. If you're at if you're truly at a Fortune 100 tech company, I mean, there's not a, not a ton of those. And the ones that I know of, they pay pretty well. Yeah. So if you're going to leave the industry and you're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer instead, probably looking at a pretty substantial pay cut. Oh, you're thinking about leaving and never coming back to the industry. I'm thinking of career switching. Yeah. I know that there are people at Fortune 100 tech companies that have really solid work-life balance, but I think it is certainly not the default. And I feel like that's part of the implicit bargain that is often made at those places is we'll give you a ton of money. Yeah. And you're expected to deliver a ton of stuff because we're giving you a ton of money. Right. Sort of. I don't know. I mean, I, I know you can, they're big enough that you can't really generalize. There's there's ways to. Sure. There's examples of everything at a company that large. Yeah. But I feel like like carving out a very cushy, low stress life where you can really focus on time with your daughter while she's very young is, is not a path that they make easy. Yeah. And I, I actually read this question that a little differently. I guess there's two ways to read it. Number one, I hate computers, which I think was clearly stated. (laughs) I've never been into computers. I don't care about making them run faster. Okay, got it. So you're in the wrong profession, but you're making a lot of money in this profession. Oh, did I hear a- Sounds like a fine profession to be in. Hating computers, but making money? Not hating. Zero passion. Okay. Don't care about making them run faster. Okay, okay. So you're in a job that that doesn't inspire you and fill you with passion and, and desire to work. Yeah. Okay. And I could interpret the rest of the question as either- I want to stop working and be a stay-at-home parent. Or Mm. I want to switch careers to a job that I love more and will give me more time with my child, but will come at at both both options of which will come at a severe pay reduction. So what do you do? 
sadly, your options are much reduced from a few years ago, where I think it would be easier to look for a, a permanent part-time type of role mm-hmm. where you work 20 hours a week and maybe you make some fraction of what full-time pay would be. But you still get benefits. and Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like companies have less, have fewer incentives to do that now because they can just not, because the, the labor market is... Yeah. It's a little different. More on the hiring side than the, what is that? The buyer side? Companies are the buyers, right? Yeah. Supply side. Yeah. Supply is low. Demand is, demand is still, sorry, supply is high. Demand is less high. So prices go down. Yeah. And, and consulting is another way to do that yourself, but there is added stress there in finding consistent work. And if the market is a little bit tougher, then, then that might be, I feel like I would feel less, I'm saying the word feel too many times. I would be less confident that I would be able to consistently find 20 hours worth of work a week as a consultant now than than a couple of years ago. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, what about it does it make sense to just get a job at a different company that might be much more focused on work-life balance and probably lower paying but still probably higher paying than than well, certainly higher paying than not having that that job at all? Like, I, I don't know. Could you, uh, I haven't worked in government. I guess you have. Maybe there's some government job out there that is that is much more relaxed and chill. Yeah, could be. And that and your interpretation of the question has, it seems to be focusing more on the demandingness and work hours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm not thinking about not working for a period of time that's maybe forever. And and also not, not too much commenting on the lack of passion and joy. And I don't know. I think it's worth a few words on that topic, which is that to say that having a profession where you spend the majority of your waking hours, that is something that fulfills you, energizes you, and brings you some happiness, I think is a worthwhile goal, even if it means that your cash situation is worse off. But having said that, I believe that the majority of human beings do not have that. Like I think the majority of people I know do not go to work because it gives them a sense of fulfillment and joy. And most of them, when given the option, you know, of not working, they would just take it in a heartbeat. You know, if they didn't have to, they'd be like, yes, please get me out of this job. Yeah. So I don't know. I, James, I think you and I are both in the, in the same boat that we happen to be in professions that we just absolutely love. Yeah. And that puts us in a really privileged position, but also boy, is it just great to have a job that you love to go to. And, you know, I've taken massive pay cuts in the past in order to work in a job that I love. Like to Mm. the the tune of 60%. In in the end, I think it's worth it. You know, day in, day out, feeling happiness, being good to be around and having fun and being pleasant. And I don't know, it's worth a lot of money to me. So I would probably seriously investigate a career change. Interesting. Um... There's also the time, I mean, every moment in your child's life is a, just happens once, but there is something unique about those first couple of years before they can talk and, and like, what do I mean by this? You have a good, like 15, 16 years of, of hanging out with your kid while assuming they, they, they live with you that, that whole time while they're more of a person. But that infant stage, 
is pretty short relative to how long you will be parenting them. Or even and, have a relationship with them. Like most of your yeah. most of the time you spend with a relationship with your children will be with them as adults, presuming you live yeah. normal human lifespan. Yeah. So I think what I'm saying is what am I saying now? Does this even make sense? Something about how I'm kids like are really cute. <laughs> They're super cute and and listen, if I was interviewing someone and they had a year long gap and the reason was, well, my child was born and I wanted to spend a year with them, kind of just fully focused on them. I think that'd be an awesome story. The only feeling I would feel when I hear that is jealousy. Yeah. It could be harder because you do not have a passion for the industry so that you, you might be like fully out for a year, you know, um, where you're, you're not kind of keeping up with stuff or poking around with tech or building things on the side while like you, you'd still be a, a full-time stay-at-home parent, but maybe you're kind of tinkering with stuff as a hobby. So maybe that would make it harder to get back into. But I don't think the act of taking a year off would necessarily look bad in an interview no. or on a resume. That'd be fine. Just and there's fine. sabbaticals too. Maybe maybe you could call it a sabbatical your company, which is sort of like a yeah, perfect. Like a you, you most of the time it's it's we don't pay you, but you get your job back yeah. when it's over. But again, that's still not like never coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I just like money too much to think about. <laughs> no, I'm in the same option. boat. You know, I, there was a point in my life where I had enough cash saved to take substantial time away from work and be with my family. But th- there are significant opportunity costs on the on the back end of your life for taking cash impulses and spending like that, that I opted to just keep working. So as much as I envy people who are able to take time off and just be 100% dedicated to their family, young, you know, especially young children, there is a substantial cost. And I feel, the, I feel the obligation to not incur that cost. So jealous. I wish I could do it. I wish you would. I think it'd be great to do it. I don't know. All these recommendations feel so... I don't have any skin in the game. It feels really easy for me to say, sure, sell your house, quit your job for a year. <laughs> yeah. Great. Risk like drastically reduce your family's financial stability. Yeah. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> I I think the thing that is least least scary to me is to think about this as a temporary period of of a year, I don't know, some some time box where you say I'm going to do this full time keep my toes dipped in the tech water and then go back to it after a while. So this is, yeah, this is, this is a sabbatical. I'm just, I might come back to a different company. Yeah. That feels like that preserves options for the future the most. And maybe you do decide you love it so much that you're willing to drastically change your lifestyle and to preserve that, but you still kind of keep the ability to, to maintain that income open if that's what you end up doing or deciding to do. Yep. Well, have we answered this question? I think so. There is no answer. This question is way more fun to think about than the last question, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> oh, you have this cute baby. What do you do about it? You you do have a gosh dang child. Yes. And you can sit <laughs> by them while they do their homework. Yeah. And you will have to do that at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congrats again on the baby. Babies are cool got one of those right now he's he's good all right what should people do if they want their own questions answered go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button thank you so much to everyone who fills out that form each week we love reading your questions and you keep this show alive by feeding 
the machine, the the question input answer output machine. Mm-hmm. It's a black box. It could be like actually alive for all we know. You <laughs> call it a machine. Maybe it's a creature. Sentient. Yeah. After we hang up this call, I'm going to go see if it bleeds. <laughs> right. Great. On that note, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye.